As we quiet our hearts to hear God's word, let us pray. God of power and grace, fill us with the wisdom of your word and the understanding of your spirit, so that we may be your church, a people with dreams and visions at work in all the world, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning comes from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. This is the week where Revelation starts to get a little bit weird. Four angels hold back the collapse of the created order by restraining the winds that threaten to devastate the world. One of the angels, carrying the seal of the living God, announces a great multitude of 144,000 people worshiping the Lamb, Jesus. The multitude will remain faithful to the Lamb forever and ever. The multitude falls on their faces and worships the Lamb. But who is included in this multitude? Jesus says, These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This is just a weird image. How does a robe that has been washed in blood become white? We all know what happens when we accidentally wash a red shirt with a white tank top. The red shirt stays red, but the white tank top turns pink. Here is where it's helpful to remember that Revelation is ultimately a book about Jesus, the Lamb of God, and about Jesus' work in creation. That's why I've named the sermon, Eyes on the Lamb. 
The multitude are those who actively work to seek and serve Jesus. They do not wait to be served by him. They work with him to uncover what God is up to in the world and where they can help. We call discovering where we can help discerning our vocation, figuring out what we are to do given who God created us to be. Here's where we run into some trouble in the text. Having done what we were supposed to do, having discerned who we are and who God created us to be, why are we still experiencing trials and tribulations? Do we interpret having washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb to mean that suffering is a necessary prerequisite for joining the multitude? I don't think so. Because that reading goes against God as revealed to us in Revelation. Remember, the focus of Revelation is on the hope we have in Jesus. Sure, creation may be disintegrating, all around us. Yes, God is angry at those who defiled his creation. But the good news of Revelation is that God will ultimately be victorious. I take this to mean that God doesn't cause suffering, but suffering will happen until the Lamb returns to wash away every tear. I believe the good news of this text is that God will be victorious and that we have a role to play in the unfolding of this creation. John tells us that the Lamb will wipe away all tears from their eyes. Have you ever wiped a tear from someone's eyes? It's quite an intimate thing to do. It's a way of recognizing another person's vulnerability. It's a way of saying, I see that you're hurting. Seeing you hurting hurts me. And I wanna work with you to make you feel better. This is what Jesus is saying to the multitude that have been through the great tribulation. I see you, I see your pain. Your pain is real and it's important to me. Come to me and I will give you peace because I am in control over all of creation. Because God is in control over all of creation, this gives us great freedom to participate in the unfolding of this creation. We are watching a new creation unfold as our world navigates the coronavirus pandemic. One of the blessings of this pandemic is that it has laid bare all that, with, all that of which was not working in our society. Here are just a few examples. Underlying the debate over whether and how to send our kids back to school this fall is an uncovering of a real childcare crisis in America. This crisis has been going on at least as long as I have been alive, but we're finally able to see that it's not sustainable 
to expect our school districts to be solely responsible for preparing our young people for the demands of citizenship. Underlying the debate over whether or not to extend unemployment benefits through the end of the month uncover, is uncovering vast economic disparities that exist in America. As we professionals sheltered at home, we're realizing that many of our essential workers make at or just above minimum wage, which forces them to rely on public services, services that are the first thing that are cut during economic recessions. Underlying the debate over whether or not to wear a mask in public is an uncovering of the limits of individual liberty. Americans aren't great at seeing how their individual decisions impact their neighborhoods, their states, and their country. I think masks make visible the threat of an invisible virus. They signify our participation in a collective effort to curb the virus's spread. Having received this reality check, this revelation, we are now able to rise to the challenge of creating a world more in line with the Lamb's vision for the kingdom of God. We can't go back to the way that things were before. We've simply seen too much. We can, however, use the multitude of gifts and talents that already exist in our communities to build a better future for ourselves and for our families. We have a daunting task set before us. I find any time I am faced with a daunting task, a good place to start is with a pen and paper. I encourage you to spend some time thinking about the one thing that you can do so well, you can teach it to someone else. For example, I can teach someone else how to make scrambled eggs. Next, I want you to think about how you can share that gift with someone else. As I head home this weekend to see my family and I stay with them over the next couple weeks, I'm thinking about who I can make breakfast for and also who I can pass my grandmother's scrambled egg recipe onto. Making scrambled eggs may be a weird example, but never doubt that God is going to use your weird gifts in the unfolding of God's new creation. I trust that the God who named you, who claimed you, who sealed you in your baptism, and who sends you out into the world with a plan and a purpose, will use you in whatever our new normal becomes. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen.